this is good. Do you like this song? What is this? Guess. Is it from Moana? No. Close, I think. Is it yeah. a yeah, no, kids, kids movie? Yeah, obviously. Oh, is it from Coco? Mm. No. no. Go further back. Further back. Yeah. Nah, I got nothing. What Lilo, are Lilo and Stitch. Really? Hawaiian roller coaster ride. That's a good movie, Lilo and yeah. Stitch. So if you're wondering what's going on, <laughs> people... Josh is not here. Josh is not here. Josh um, has just had a baby. And so he's obviously extremely busy. So His wife's had a baby. Yeah, Josh, <laughs> Josh had nothing to do with it. So in Josh's words, welcome to the Generation Podcast where we have real, like real conversations about what God is doing in this town. <laughs> you were so close. Fantastic. How did I go? Drop Josh. Are yeah. we going to discover during this episode that maybe... Maybe we don't need Josh. Need Josh. Maybe. Maybe we'll get feedback and then we can... Uh, maybe we'll realise we really need Josh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go. Yeah. To the end. Um, Sam, how are you? I'm good, bro. That's I'm good. feeling very good. It's it's in the evening. Yeah, we're recording in the evening. This the is evening. different. It's nice. We've got some moonlighting wonder, in the studio. I don't know. Maybe it'll translate. It's good. It's relationships we're doing today. Yes. Um, yeah. How do we feel about relationships? What do we want to talk about today? I feel good talking about relationships. So episode three of the Recalibrate yeah. series. And uh, we thought it would be good to talk about what it means to recalibrate relationships. Have you, have you ever broke me? Have you been dumped? Oh, yeah. Oh, same. Many I got dumped on MSN. Really? Yeah, man. That okay. Brutal. Back in the day when MSN was yeah. all the social media we Couldn't had. Couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. So but, did um, she just message you and say like, nah, not keen anymore? Yeah, I went for about two weeks and then two weeks later. I think it's because I held her hand wrong and she didn't like it. That's rough. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Wow. Times have changed. I mean, if, okay. Yeah, I've been dumped over text. Shivers. Uh, Facebook Messenger. The fact that you're still going, comma. It's a comma. comma. <laughs> it's not an and. It's uh, face to face going. Oh. over the phone. Oh, man. I think I think that's it. Oh, shivers. Yep. <laughs> dig, digging it right up, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So, yeah. Why, yeah, why are we talking about this today? Uh, we're going to have a conversation about relationships because this is something that is foundational to being a human. Absolutely. Is doing relationships well. In fact, you could say that a big part of what it means to be human is to be in relationship with other people. Um, also, I think we're realizing that it's something that uh, we need We need to recalibrate, you know, when it comes to our relationship with God, our relationship with our spouses, friends, work colleagues. Because it's all, it's all tied together. It's all tied together. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think this is something that if we were to say we need some help, it would probably be in the area of our relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, but we do want to start with talking about our relationship with with God as the foundation of our relationships. Because um, I don't know, for, for a lot of people, we probably wouldn't think about our relationship with God as being the cornerstone for how all of our other relationships work as well you know um and we know as christians obviously god is our first love you know he's our most important relationship but i think it's also important to understand like how we do our relationship with god will quite likely trickle down into how we do our relationships with 
with other people yeah. as well. What's what's your opinion on what it means to how do you think about the language of relationship with with God? Is that something that you're used to, that you enjoy, that you like? I like it. I think the relationship in general, before I answer the your actual mm. question, I think in general relationships are the most important thing to me. Mm. I think that you just can't it's so hard to do anything if you don't have relationships. And then I think if you think about it with relationships with God, it's so, to me, it, it's so personal. Mm. Um, and having that personal relationship with God is just so important. Mm. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just that personal aspect mm. of it. And then, yeah, I think well, that's what we're going to talk about next, relationship and religion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How does that, how do those two work together? Or do you yeah. think they work together? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, one of the reasons that I think it's important to talk about this is because um, over the past several weeks, I've been going around to small groups. So going around to young adult small groups and um, mostly just checking in with people and mm. saying, how how you doing? You know, how's your relationship with God going? This has been a, this has been a tough, tough season. And it's been very interesting for me because most people have said, I am not doing well in my relationship with God because my Bible reading sucks. Mm. And, um, you know, and a lot of people are just whipping themselves, beating themselves up, you know, about not being good enough at their relationship with God. And um, it's been very apparent to me that it seems most people have a very performance-driven relationship with God. Yeah. You know. Like a... a a box ticky yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah. Big box ticky. And if I were to boil it down, I would say most people's relationship with God is if I um, am a Christian and I want to be a good Christian, yep. you know, <laughs> quote, quotation <laughs> marks because yep. that exists, um, I'm going to read my Bible and pray every day and that makes me good with God. If I read my Bible and I pray, he's happy with me. Yeah. And when I don't do that, he's disappointed. Yeah, And if I don't do that for a long period of time, I've backslidden. Mm. And if I've done a really good job of that for a long period of time, I'm better than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, it's funny if you go, like in the box ticky thing, it's, you, you, yeah, you quantify how your relationship is going sometimes by a daily basis, by the boxes that you are ticking off mm. during the day. Mm. Um, well, let's talk about that because yeah. I think this is an important conversation because I think mostly we're coming at it from the wrong perspective. Um, there's a book that our team is reading at the moment written by Tim Chester, and it's I think it's called Enjoying God. And it's kind of uh, a book that helps people rediscover what it means to be in relationship with God. And one of the things that he talks about is what is the place of doing in our relationship with God in the sense of things that we do spiritual disciplines, like reading the word and praying and all that stuff. And he uses this really amazing illustration because one of the things that we forget is being in a relationship with God means it's a specific relationship. It's not a friend relationship, although you can be friends with God. It's mostly a parent-child relationship where you're a son and he's your father, right? Or if you're a woman or a girl, you're his daughter. Now, what made you a son? Not your performance. Yep. You know, 
it was the fact that he actually adopted you. So he chose you to be his son, um, which, and he uses this illustration. He says, say there's a father and he has two sons, one son, and I'm going to butcher his illustration. I'm just going to make up a version of what Tim said. Say there's, there's James and there's Jonathan, right? Now, James, and they're the same age, James's relationship with his dad is pretty strained in the sense that when James gets home from school, he goes straight to his room. He doesn't talk to anybody. Um, his relationship with his dad is quite transactional in the sense that he talks to his dad when he's frustrated about something that his dad's asked him to do, or he talks to his dad when he needs something. And occasionally they'll spend some time together, but he doesn't have a great relationship with his dad. But his other brother, his brother on the other hand, I think if that was James, his brother, Jonathan, he um, has a pretty good relationship with his dad. He actually gets up every morning and makes his dad breakfast, which is super sweet. And they eat breakfast together every day and they just chat, you know, and, Jonathan really enjoys spending time with his dad. Whenever his dad's going out um, for a trip, he will ask if he can go and hang out with his dad. Now, what we can say about these two sons is they're both equally sons and they're both equally loved because their father's love for them isn't determined by what they do. It's just determined by the fact that they're a son. Whether um, James or Jonathan spend more time with their dad doesn't change the status that they have with their dad. Now, what then is the place of doing in the Christian life? Well, I think a lot of people probably think that what we do changes our status before God in the sense of like, if I read the Bible a lot and and pray a lot, then that changes the way that he sees me, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change the way that he sees you. You're a son, you're a daughter because of what he's done for you by adopting you. However, what we do changes our experience of God, if that makes sense. So in the same way that Jonathan's having breakfast with his dad every day changed his experience of his dad comparatively to his brother, so our time spent with the father changes our experience of him, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we know that, right? Like deep down, we kind of know the time that I spend with God, it doesn't really change my status as a son. It it can't affect his love for me. You know, he loves me endlessly. Yeah. He doesn't love me more than he loves the next guy because I do stuff although we kind of think that's how God relates to us. And I think that helps us to put in proper place the idea of performance. Yeah. And it takes it out of the realm of being performance and it's it goes into the realm of how how do I want to experience my father? Yeah. Do I want to experience him? Do I want to spend time with him? And the things that we do in our relationship with God will determine what our experience of God is like. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that it's, yeah, your status, your status is set. Mm. I really like that. Um, but however it does change your experience of God, I think that's cool. Mm. I really like that one. And I think a lot of people are beating yeah. themselves up yep. right now because they're not doing quote unquote a good job. Well, they're not hitting their own targets. Yeah. 
the what, targets what, that they've set what, for themselves. What advice would you give to those people that feel like they're not hitting their own, I mean, in air quotes again, mm. targets? Um, it depends on the person, but most of the time I would say, um, hey, he loves you. Mm-hmm. Like, don't forget that. You're the child, he's the parent. Um, I think a lot of the times we, we beat ourselves up because we think that God's really disappointed with us. But I mean, I found myself saying to people a lot in this season, um, can, like, don't beat yourself up. This is a really hard time for, for people. Yeah. And there's a lot of stress right now. Um, this is a hard time to navigate as a young person. There's so much uncertainty about the future. Um, there's so much uncertainty about finances and job security. And hey, he knows that this is hard for you. And it's yeah, that's, that's, that's like, I think about that as well. I'm like, God is so much better than what we give him credit for. Yeah. And it's so funny how much we under, how much we, um, like I think about, um, I can't remember where it was, um, but there was those people that, people in the Bible, I can't remember what, where it was, but they were saying that, oh, they were saying that Jesus is just a carpenter. Right. Do you remember? I can't yeah, remember yeah, what yeah. it was, but they were like, the words that they used were like, oh, he's just the son of a carpenter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh my goodness. Like how we do only that. they knew, and we do the exact same thing. Yeah. Sometimes I think we really underestimate the power and the knowledge that God knows exactly where we are mm. right now. Mm. And I think that's, that really helps us un- understand what our relationship with him is like. Yeah. I mean, a good father would not whip a child right now for not doing their homework. Mm. And that's kind of how I put it to people. I'm like, look, God's not frustrated that you're not doing your homework. He's your father. He loves you. He sees that this is a really difficult time for you. And he's actually, even though you don't see it getting you through this, he knows you're struggling with anxiety. He knows that you're worried. He knows that you feel bad about not, reading your Bible and praying. However, and this is what I say to people, you you need to hear his voice right now. He wants to tell you how much he loves you. He wants to tell you that he's got you. Yep. He wants to tell you that he's in control. And the, and the primary way that he's going to say that to you is by you sitting down, being still and asking him. Mm. And the motivation for you to spend time with God is the same motivation that would drive you to go and talk to your dad if you were really struggling. Well, I was going to say, in, so in terms of recalibrating, um, would you say that people, because I, I, I worry that people might listen to this mm. and think, oh, great, you know, God mm. knows that it's hard, therefore mm. I don't have to do anything. Mm. I, you know, I can stop reading my Bible. He knows how hard it is right now. Mm-hmm. So in terms of recalibrating, recalibrating your relationship with God, it's, we're we just had a lot of, we have to approach things differently. Um, yeah. So it, I feel like there needs to be a lot more listening involved. Is that mm. what you're kind of saying as well? It is. And I think fundamentally it's a mindset shift of yep. why I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it because I need to. So it's not, it's not a ticket. No. To just check out. No. Just because God's like, there's other stuff going on right now. Feel free to just check out. Right. Is that... No, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's more along the lines of saying, hey, he knows this is really hard for you and he's got you and he loves you. But if if you want to be encouraged by your father, you would do well to listen to him because he has some really encouraging things to say to you that might help you right now. And um, I think when we frame our quiet times, our, our time with the Lord in that, 
mm. which is going, hey, I'm going to go and spend some time with my father because I need him right now. I need him to comfort me. I need him to give me peace. I'm worried. I'm, I'm stressed. I'm frustrated. I need to pray. I need to, I need to open up the word and say, God, will you minister to me? You know, I think that's a big mindset shift. And it's, and you're going to say, look, you don't have to do that. He's not going to whip you if you don't turn up to breakfast, but he's grieved that you're struggling and he wants to help you. And you're not hearing his voice because you're not giving him the ability to speak to you. Yeah. I feel like it's now as well. <clears throat> like I could so easily just be like, oh, I could just wait until mm. this is all over and go back to my, you know, normal mm. self or what I was doing before. But for a start, this is going to go for a while as far mm. as we know. Mm. Um, I just think the mindset change needs to happen now if it hasn't already happened. Yeah. Because things are going to be like this for a while. I just feel like if you're someone who's struggling right now or waiting for this to be over for things to return to normal, Mm. now's the time totally and there's probably never been a time where we've more needed the voice of god oh yeah to comfort us and console us and tell us you know you know the the passage in matthew where it says don't worry about um what you're going to eat or drink or what you're going to wear um seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added to you Mm. it's like that's the voice of of god encouraging someone right now who is worried about whether they're going to have rent money next week, you know, but how do you know that God's got that if you don't let him tell you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's for the, I think the encouragement here is, yeah, don't check out. Mm. Just don't check out yet. Mm. Slash at all. But you know, yeah. Yeah. And even if, even if you have checked out, mm. your relationship with God is not based on your performance. No. No, and it's 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 okay to be wrestling and to be struggling, um, because you know the the word says that when we are faithless, He is faithful, and I know a lot of people feel like they are failing right now, and what I've said to a lot of people is, you know, you're probably going to look back on this season and realize it was one of the most profound moments in your relationship with God because He got you through it. And you're going to remember, hey, it was God that got me through that, not my performance. Yeah. I actually didn't do a very good job. <laughs> yeah. And yet he was faithful to me. And that's going to build trust in your relationship with him um, if, you don't, if you don't give up. Yeah. You know? oh, well, you said that, I mean, a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And this has been the most formative, one of the most formative times for you yeah. ever. And yeah, I feel has. like, especially, I feel like for you, when, once this is all over, it'd be interesting to hear, I don't know, maybe... Mm. It'll probably be season five. Yeah. <laughs> Just for you to reflect mm. on what happened. I mean, mm. I feel like you're still in the thick of it. Big time. For sure. Yeah. I've never wrestled with God more. Yeah. Because I've never felt more out of control. Yeah. I've never felt Absolutely. more, um, I've never felt smaller and more insignificant than I do mm. right now. And um, the weird thing is, Ben, like this week, um, so- Last week, I I said to God, I was like, I actually can't do this anymore. I actually can't. I can't hope anymore. I can't. I I am so not good enough for what you've called me to do that I can't do it. And I said to God, I was like, I just, I have to give up. I'm just not good enough. And um, the crazy thing was 
uh, and it was very circumstantial. It was very much like nothing in my life is, is really working right now. And I am so far from the promises of God over my life. It's ridiculous. And uh, so this week, kind of when it hit spring, I kind of woke up and my circumstances were exactly the same. And yet I had peace. Just this like really deep sense that everything was okay. Not just was going to be okay, but like was okay in, in me. And it, it almost didn't make sense, but I just had this really deep sense of peace, which felt like the absence of the anxiety that I'd been wrestling with and joy, so much joy. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. My circumstances are exactly the same. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, exactly the same, just this peace. And I was praying about it this morning. I was like, God, this is odd. I don't understand, like I genuinely have peace right now and joy. I was like, I don't understand what's going on. And I was like, I have patience. And uh, I was praying about it and God's, God said to me a couple of things. He said, I'm, I'm giving you all of this peace right now to prove to you that your happiness and your joy doesn't come from good circumstances, mm. comes from me. So that you know uh, that even in the season of waiting, you can have peace and joy. It doesn't exist in a future in which I've given you what, what you've been praying for. And the second thing he said to me is, he was like, you know, all of the things that you feel right now that you're naming are a fruit of the spirit. Peace, patience, kindness, joy, goodness. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's weird. Everything that I feel right now is a fruit of the spirit. And he said to me, you thought that all of those things were a fruit of circumstance. Yeah. Like in your head, you knew they were a fruit of the spirit, but in your heart, you thought that peace was a fruit of circumstance. The joy was a fruit of circumstance. I'm proving to you in this moment that it's a fruit of the spirit, not of the circumstance. And um, it was the most amazing thing because I realized, I mean, I've always known that like the Bible works. <laughs> but Correct. it was one of those Correct. moments where I was like, the Bible works. Yeah. Like this doesn't make sense that I can have peace right now mm. because outside of um, Jesus, peace has to come from circumstance. It can't come from something else. And um, it was just so amazing because just the Lord was ministering to me and he was, he was just saying, you know, um, I said, if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. I was talking about the fruit of the spirit. If you stick with me, if you stick close with me, I'll prune you, I'll cut you back, I'll cut stuff out of your life that's that's killing you, but the fruit of that obedience will be these things manifesting in your life, the fruit of my spirit, peace, patience. And it just was so amazing because I saw what God's been doing in me in this season. And he firstly was like, stick with me, get close, I'm going to prune you, and the fruit of that will be the fruit of the spirit, which is completely in every way unrelated to circumstance. Crazy, right? Yeah. So, so funny. Yeah, that's the, I think that's one of the most amazing things about relationship mm. with with God is he'll do stuff like that. Yeah. You know, and he'll give you what you need, not what you want. Yeah. I can't I, I can't wait for Josh to come back. I feel like he's going to have some sort of perspective. Yeah. Having a baby in the middle of a pandemic. 
So true. His relationship with God. It's going to be good. Yeah. Very excited. I reckon it's going to be unreal. His, I love that he's never experienced before. Absolutely. Yeah. J1. Hey, bro. <laughs> J1 welcome, to the, welcome to the halftime show. I am so excited. I've been waiting for this day. I know. You constantly tell me, get me on, get me on, get me on. <laughs> this is your <laughs> moment. Season, well, season now, one, episode one, I've been waiting for. Yeah. Now that you're here, anything to plug? So, anything to plug? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay, cool. Surprised you didn't plug your Instagram. Well, Joe, anyway. you're, uh, you know how to play oh, this. Oh, yeah. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. You no, no, no. Okay, yeah. No. Good, <laughs> good call. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to talk over you. So no, 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 here. That was a test. Uh, you failed the test. Um, okay. Jaywan, you know how to play this game, right? Yes. Yep. I'm going to say an Instagram yes. account. You tell me how many followers closest without going over wins. You're playing on behalf of Josh. So Josh Man. Josh Man. Yeah, you're familiar? <laughs> Your friend, Josh Man. <laughs> the other Josh. Yeah. Yep. You're yep. at his wedding. Oh, wait. Were you at his wedding? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> were we friends? <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay. All right. The first one is Gelato Messina. Mm. It is a ver- yeah, it is a verified account. Yep. Talk to me. How many followers, J1? Don't you dare cheat. No, no, no I, I would not dare. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Gelato Messina. Verified account. Disrepute. No, please don't. Um, I think that it has. 21,311 followers. Sam. 100,000. What? Jay, what did you say? 23,000. 21,300. I reckon I've lowballed, Jay. It has 198,000. Woohoo! What on earth? Yeah. So you've lost that round. Um, Okay, next one. I'm done. Okay. FC Barcelona. The what? more than a club, FC Barcelona football club. Oh my god! I've never heard of them. Are they a big deal? Sam, that's a joke, right? I honestly have never heard of them. No. Who FC who Barcelona. is famous that plays for them? Everyone. Messi. Oh, okay. Neymar. Okay, okay, okay. Big deal. Big deal. A couple of followers then, do, probably. So I go first. I, I'd like Sam to go first if possible because I'm I think okay. he used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is Sam's first. No, it's because you went first in the last one, so it is Sam's thing. Okay. Yeah, it's only fair. Yeah. Closest to that going over, remember. All right, I'm going for 4.5 million. Okay. For FC Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Have a low ball that because this is the world sport we're talking about. J1, if you go over, you lose. I will comfortably say 10 million. 10? Okay. 89.5 million. (laughs) What the heck? That was a tactical. They're the biggest football club in the world. Are they really? Yeah. I'd say, wait, would you say J1 biggest football club in the world? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I'm always taking the L's on the sporting ones. Yeah. So what's that? One all? No. Yeah. One one all, baby. Let's go. Okay, here we go. For the win. Now, before we went to air, we were talking about this, and J1, your partner is not going to like this. The Call of Duty account. Mm. The Call of Duty Verified. Account. Talk Verified. to me. How many followers, Jalen? You have to go first. This is your turn. Verified account. Pre-order uh, Call of Duty Black Ops War now. Call of Duty dot com slash Black Ops Cold War. Is this yeah. the account for? Oh, you all follow of, this? Jalen follows this is, account. So is this I didn't realize. for all of so, Call of Duties? It's just Call I of Duty. I haven't been on yeah. this account okay. in a while. Oh, that's a lie. You've been. <laughs> Say, seven point six million. Sam. 
Six million. Oh no. Of one. There is. Ten point three million. Oh, oh J1 no. Wins. no! Josh Mann gets no. the win. Josh Mann. Can you believe oh, it? Shout out to Josh Mann. Joe jo- won Josh. it for him. This is, this is huge. Show on, you've lo- <laughs> Sam, you've lost on the week. I've lost. Josh isn't here. Love. That is He's sad. not even here. Jaron, any any parting words? Any advice? Feel free to give some cod advice. Favorite place to um, drop? <laughs> always drop on stadium. Yeah, good call. And share plates around, baby. Love that. Thanks, yeah, bro. It's good. good. Talk to you later. Don't worry. Love you, mate. Bye, guys. Bye. Love you. We want to explore how how does our relationship with people mm. um, reflect our relationship with God? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I think that it's firstly important to recognize that our relationship with people will in some way be derivative of our relationship with God mm-hmm. um, because the way that we um, experience God will likely be, because that's where we learn what relationship should be, um, it will likely be how we relate to people. And so I think it's firstly important to understand that the better you do your relationship with God, the better you will be at relationships with people. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. because um, when you when you are in a relationship with God, he changes you. And you also realize that he's incredible. And for example... The more you realize how much God loves you, the more you're going to love people. Yeah. Because you're like, wow, God loves me a lot. Yeah. And I know he loves other people. And, you know, when you're loved, it's easier to love. So I think the first thing we need to understand is if you want to have good relationships with people, start by having a really good relationship with God. Yeah. Um, and I think we all know that it's like, you know, people that are really close with God and actually allow him to prune stuff off and end up really bearing the fruit of the spirit. They're way easier to be in relationship with, mm. you know, people who have the fruit of the spirit. So we got it here in Galatians five twenty two. The fruit of the spirit is love. I mean, it's great to be um, friends with someone that's loving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yep. um, joy. Yep. I mean, no one... No one enjoys being around someone that's critical and negative yeah. all the time. Yeah, people love happy people. People love happy people. Um, peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a really incredible one because you know those people that just seem to have this centeredness that isn't connected to circumstance. Yeah, Someone that just has this sense of like, hey, everything's going to be all right. God's got this, you know. That's a good friend to have. Um, forbearance, which is patience. I mean, come on. I mean, when you're in any form of relationship, whether that's your best mate, your friendship group, your spouse, your work colleagues, patience makes that relationship better Yeah, in a big way. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, what I, wanna, what I want people to see here is when you allow through your relationship with the father, the fruit of the spirit to manifest in your life, you will be better at relationships. You know, I think of when I read that Mm. and like what exactly you're saying, I think of Josh. Yeah. Like I would say Josh is my closest friend. Yeah. And I look at those. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, he so loving, 
Mm. Very joyful. The biggest extrovert you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. 99% of the time he's happy. Yeah. Um, peaceful. He's very patient, very kind, very good, very faithful. Often some <laughs> gentle <laughs> self-control. Yeah. Self-control 50-50. <laughs> but I just think he's mm. someone who's so easy to be in a friendship, a relationship with because mm. he is like, he's all these things. Yeah. Totally. I think he's such a good example. He is an that. amazing example of that. Yeah. And it's, I know that it's because Josh wrestles with the Lord yeah. and he submits to what God wants to do and he's obedient and he loves, he loves Jesus. Yeah. That's so clear. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, if you, yeah, if you're thinking about it from the other side, um, being in a relationship with someone, yeah, that displays all those things. Mm. You're right. It's so easy. It's a dream. And it's hey. so good. Yeah, it is good. And I think that's the thing we need to understand. It's like when we um, are in relationships with other people, the best thing that we can do for them is to um, wrestle with God. It, it's to allow um, God to minister to us and to prune us and to shape us. It's to be obedient to him in every single way is going to mean that the fruit of the spirit is going to be bigger in us. You know, the apples are going to be bigger. The oranges are going to be bigger. And so in a sense, we're going to have more love. The more time we spend with God, the more loving we're going to be. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's just a really helpful thing to understand. It's like, if you want to be good at relationships, start with God. And don't ever leave um, that being the foundation and the most important relationship in your life because everyone that's in relationship with you will be better off because of that. I also love that I went to Josh, but we let the, let the record show. I think that of my wife too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good, good save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good just save. Let, I just want to put that on the record. Yep, yep, yep. Copy and paste everything you said about Josh and uh, apply to TK. So... One of the things that uh, I think is really interesting is that um, if our relationship with God isn't driven by performance and our relationships with people are, are in some way supposed to mirror our relationship with God, how much should our relationships with people be driven by performance? That's such a good question. Uh, i trying to think of times if I've ever measured a relationship by performance. Mm. And I definitely have. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely been angry at people or, you know, I'm thinking like high school days. I'm like, I've definitely ditched some people because I'm like, nah, mm. you're not doing enough for me. Mm. You're not, you're not performing to mm. the standard of what I think you should be performing. Yeah. It's hard. Hey, Yeah, it's hard. I've definitely done it. Yeah. Sure. We all do it. Yeah. We all do it. And I think we need to ask ourselves some hard questions Yeah, of like, okay, love. Mm. Is love by definition unconditional? Mm. Like, do we love people based on their performance? Do we love them more when they perform well? <laughs> In the sense that do we love people better when they love us well? Yep. And do we love them less when they love us worse? Is that okay? Is that good? Is that healthy? How do boundaries play into all of this? Um, should you fire people from being your friend you know, so I think like yeah. there's so yeah. much. The that more comes I think about this. it, absolutely, I do it every day. Like you're right. I'm like I, I'm nicer to people that are nice to, to you. me. Sure, and that inherently is judging or is, yeah. Here's the question: yeah. Is that Christ-like? I'm trying to think of an example of. 
Jesus did that. I don't know. Is it? I don't. I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't think so. We. I. I couldn't say yes. No, you couldn't. You know, because there are a lot of people that Jesus encounters that um. You know, he he seemed to love them all equally. Yeah, he seemed to be the same with everyone. And I think when um when we talk about people that we really admire as being really amazing, one of the things that people will say is they're the same with everyone. They put the same amount of value on the president as they do, you know, some some kid in some slum that yep. they're never going to see again. They love them with the same intensity, you know. Um, I love that. What a quality. Yeah, what a quality. Mm. And I think that's Christ-like character. Yeah. And um, I want to be more like that. I so want to be more like that. And I'm so often not like that. I so often have more... Um, love and patience and kindness for some people than I do others. Um, and a lot of it is how that person treats me. You know, that's why Jesus says, love your enemies. Like that's the, that's the real test is like love people who hate you, mm. you know, and that's, that's where I think we need to get to, but we can only do that if our relationship with people is um, being um, filled up from our relationship with, with God in, in how he loves us unconditionally. Um, so it's helpful to think about this though, because say for example, our relationship with our spouse isn't based on performance. No. Like we, we make a, a covenant with them that our relationship with them will not be based on performance. You know, you're my wife and you will be my wife even if you start to suck, yeah. you know, as a person. Um, our relationship with uh, a family, so kids, it's like, you know, a, a son is a son, no matter how well they perform. A yep. daughter is a daughter, no matter how well they perform. Um, where do we draw the line? At what yeah. relationship do we draw the line from yep. it starts to be driven by performance? Um Mm. Is it the best friend line? Is it the close acquaintance friendship group line? Is it the work colleague line? People we know you're never going to see again. People you know you're never going to see again. At what point mm. do we start basing a relationship on performance? Yeah. It's a good question, right? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I do not know the answer. <laughs> I wish I did. And I genuinely, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I know the answer either. Mm. I think we can we can try and spitball some of it yeah. because one of the things that I wanted, I want to do is I, I want to be the same with all people mm -hmm. in the sense that I, I want to, as much as I can love people with the same intensity. Um, that's hard to do, but I think that's something that it means to be, to be Christ-like. Um, for example, I think it's important for me to love, uh, people that I work with as much as I love my family because they are my family in Christ, yeah. people that I work with anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, we don't want to go so far that we stop having healthy boundaries. Yeah. Like I have fired friends before intentionally, you know. Um, I, know I, I think of that. I feel like I wonder if people are listening to this and like, Sam, you know, you've got to be realistic. Totally. You're not going to go to, say, say you're a family who does family dinner every Tuesday night. You're yeah. not going to go to a family dinner with, you know, 
couple of strangers every sure. other Wednesday night kind of thing. Yeah. What do you say to those people who would be like, no, let's be realistic here? You know? Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with um, not necessarily like your your love for people isn't only a reflection of how much time yeah, you give to them. Point. It's yeah. more like how how you treat them when you interact with them. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and I think that's that's what I think we need to be aiming for is like when we interact with people, yeah. loving them as much as we love anybody. Good answer. <laughs> Thanks. Like that. No, that's good. But um, you know, I think there are there is a a level in which performance does play into things, you know. So there have I've had um, I've had friends before, and it's been unhealthy for me to be their friend, um, in the sense that even though I've I've tried to pour out love on them, they've been an unhealthy influence on my life. And I think there have been times where I've had to make hard decisions and go, I, I don't think I can be friends with this person anymore. And I struggle to reconcile that with. Um, with what we're talking about because I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not a good thing. And, and on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, we do need to be quite particular in how, in who we choose to be our friends. Mm. And I think being intentional about who we involve in our life is really actually quite important. Um, but at the same time, I never want to, f- I never want people's experience of me to be Sam's exclusive. It's a hard thing to wrap your head around, isn't it? Yeah, um, the difference between treating everyone equally and finding a line of not then becoming, ex- not you know, exclusive. Mm. It's a hard concept to wrap your head around. It is kind of struggling. But um, I think one of the things that's important to know is we can model our life off Jesus's. Yep. And he had a close group of friends. That's a good point. He had, uh, he had concentric. I think concentric circles. It's like bigger and bigger circles. Yeah. You know, so he had the he had the disciples, the twelve. But in that, he also had, you know, James and John yep. who were his closest companions. And the Bible says that James and James and John were closer than all of the other disciples. And John was the one that was closest to, to Jesus. So this is Jesus had a best friend. Okay. That's cool. So it's okay. To, <laughs> it's okay to have a best friend. Good to know. Um, but then, you know, it also says there are 120 yep. disciples. And so um, there are levels of relationship that are okay to have, but I, I can't imagine Jesus loved loved uh john better than he loved zacchaeus yeah when you put it like that you know they had different relational dynamic yeah but i i don't think jesus didn't love zacchaeus as much as he loved (laughs) are you saying that he just got along with john better i don't know yeah i don't when you think about it like practically i don't know maybe they just liked the same things (laughs) maybe they liked it that's funny but maybe there was a level of um, John also really loved Jesus. Yeah. And that meant that John got access to Jesus in a way that other people didn't. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that we need to keep in mind. You know, I have a, I have a close group of friends and, um, you know, we met um, just, over, just over a year ago and really quickly, um, and there's five of us, we we knew that we were going to be friends for life. And it was a very significant moment when we met and um, we just very, very quickly knew um, we're not going to quit on each other, you know. And something that um, that we did that's actually pretty uncommon is we had a conversation with each other and we said, look, we actually want to commit to 
being in relationship with each other in such a way that we're not going to stop being friends if someone starts being a jerk. Like, because we feel a sense of like calling to be in each other's lives. And if someone suddenly falls off the rails in the same way that you would pursue a spouse, no matter how much they were struggling, we would pursue each other no matter how much someone was struggling. And it was one of the most amazing things. So we actually had that conversation. We all got the same tattoo. (laughs) So we all got a tattoo together. That's when you know. That's when you know. That's when you know it's official. But the most amazing thing, and I never really knew this was a thing, but I think knowing that you have a close group of friends that are going to be your friends forever because you've promised that to each other, um, even before God, like we, we prayed about it, is such a grounding thing Mm. to know that no matter how much I screw up my life, there are going to be four other people that are never going to give up on me. Yeah. It's special. Like that's amazing. Yeah. It's really, really special. Um, and that's something that I think, uh, more, more people should do to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's start wrapping up. Um, I think one of the things that we we need to think about the most that's coming out of this conversation is the relationship um, between performance and status. Yep. And I think for a lot of us, um, our relationships with people are so driven by performance because that's how we do our relationship with God. I think if we first figure out what it means to have a relationship with God, that is not driven by performance, but is actually driven by love, um, we will start to do our relationships with people better. And one of the things that I'm so passionate about as a person is helping people understand what it means to have a relationship with God and to almost get snapped out of religion. And I feel like people just don't, really fully comprehend how loved they are by the father and what it means to be adopted into his family. Um, The sense that you can't break it by not being good. You know, you can't break it by not performing one week. You can't break it by, you know, being less than your other brothers and sisters at something, you know, you're so profoundly loved. And I think the more you realize how profoundly loved you are, the more motivated you become to spend time with your dad. Um, Cause no one wants to spend time with a parent that they think is, you know, going to discipline them all the time and is constantly worried about like performance, you know? Um, so I think if, if we can recalibrate people's relationship with God to be just that a relationship, a relationship with someone that loves them, yeah. then we will do all of our relationships better, you know? And I think that's a really helpful way to simplify something that's quite complicated. Yeah. Because, you know, when it comes to dating, you know, and uh, dating relationships at the moment and and hookup culture, it's like, man, the church is pretty much just a mess as the world right now. (laughs) And people are just like, man, this is a mess. What do we do? You know, guys are just taking advantage of girls and girls are taking advantage of guys and there's so much insecurity and there's so like it's it's painful man i think one of the things that we need to realize is 
if people had such a good relationship with with God that the fruit of the Spirit was manifesting in their life, it would fix a lot of that stuff, you know, because we'd start to treat each other with patience and kindness and love and honor, you know. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. Well... Thanks, bro. I feel like I just had like a, a little bit of a, a one-on-one. Like yeah. I just asked a bunch of questions. You answered them. It was sick. That's fun, Thanks, right? Thanks, bro. Should I appreciate do that. that. More. Yeah, Josh, stay out of here. Yeah. Well, he's, he uh, who stay. knows if he'll, if he'll be back for a, for a couple of episodes. We hope so. Well, his paternity leave will be finished. So technically he's back on deck. So Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, what does Josh say at the end? Do you want to say it? I'll say it. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, <laughs> we do want to remind you that we have devotionals and yes. small group studies available. For Josh you. doesn't say that. He forgets every week. Josh forgets every week. <laughs> he does. So the the link for that is in the show notes. Yep. Um, but you can also go to stpauls.church forward slash recalibrate. Uh, and you can you can go through um, small group studies with your small groups and even do devotionals on version with us. Um, we love you guys and remember that renewal yes. in our generation starts yes. with a renewal of our hearts. Nailed.